And we're live. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, THP Strength Podcast listeners. This is season three, episode one. Bringing it back. I feel like an executive producer for a TV show that leaves and then comes back when yeah. everyone wants it and asks for it. So this is it. This is the third season. Uh, that's how I'm I'm calling that's what I'm calling them now, just because we've done so freaking many of them in like short periods of time and then we just like revisit stuff. So today we're going to update you guys on what's been going on. We are going to try to pump these out really quick. Like I said, I like to do them in seasons and just put them all out there and you guys listen to them over and over and over again at work. Apparently I've heard that many times. (laughs) So I guess Isaiah, let's start with, uh, let's do, you do life updates and then training updates um, with whatever you're comfortable with. You don't have to share everything. Life updates. Go ahead. You first. Uh, I almost said a joke, but I don't know if it was going to be politically correct. I was going to say a transition joke, if, if you understand what I'm saying. But live update, uh, I don't remember. last The last episode we left on, we were still together in Mountain View, California. No, Los Altos. It was Los Altos, California. That was the last episode. It is been uh, a while. Yeah. Since that episode, uh, I got married, moved to 29 Palms, California, got a dog, and I have made a baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. So it's, I would say it was a pretty eventful year. Pretty eventful year for you. Uh, let's see. Since last time we talked, what is going on with me? Literally nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. And and lots of lots of new dunks and uh, improvements in the weight room. For yeah yeah I think uh, for you it's been a lot of changes for me I I really haven't had anything happen. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything that's going on. Bailey got Bailey turned one. Uh, yeah, I, I would argue. I would actually argue your life has changed a lot. It's just a lot of stuff that the podcast will probably never hear. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and work, work stuff has changed a lot. Okay, so I would say like in terms of life updates, uh, like with work stuff. I mean, I was obviously coaching here. We're kind of on the tail end of that, so I will soon. Be going home to Pittsburgh, which I'm super excited for to just see my friends and family again, ready to kind of put some roots down and see what happens. I've, I've thrown this idea out there, but I would love to coach like a group. Um, so whether like it's in the area, I don't know what's going to happen, but it'd be sick if I was like my pro guys. That's like my dream is to have like a training group of like four or five guys. And every day we go to the track, we go to the weight room and do that every day like a team and then do it like as a season almost, you know what I mean? So it's like track, like falls like the track season. Cause I mean, dunking kind of follows the same schedule and yeah. then yeah, just do that. It'd be sick if it were like, I mean, CJ is probably going to not to blow up his body. He's probably going to stay in the Bay <laughs> and I'm probably going to be on the East coast somewhere. I don't know yet. We'll see. You're going to be in Orlando, Orlando in January. Yeah. And then Austin is, gonna be either in jersey or orlando so we're kind of all over the place again we're, we're in a very transitionary period of our lives yes it is it is but i feel like i'm always just transitioning after after thing after thing oh, 
I do feel like it's a transitionary period into stability, though, for all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I mean, we were kind of, I mean, COVID, it's weird because, like, our business started during COVID. So we were all in this transitional phase at the beginning of COVID. Like, I was living in Raleigh, and I was coaching at Duke, and then COVID happens. I had no idea what was going to happen after I coached at Duke. You joined the business, so things were, like, super different just because of that alone. You know what I mean? And then you came and lived with me, and COVID is in full effect. I am not coaching at Duke anymore. Then we moved. I moved to Pittsburgh. You moved where we uh no i went back went back to orlando okay yeah so you were back in orlando and yeah. then we moved here to los altos and we were there for california. three months what's that california that's if, right. if people don't know where los altos is yeah in in northern california and now we're getting ready to relocate again so the focus here was coaching in person and for those of you listening that's why we haven't really podcast as much just because it was like, okay, focus on doing the stuff that is in the immediate immediacy in front of our face first as best possible. And then get to some of the other stuff as well. And honestly, like the podcast is a priority, but it wasn't as high a priority as coaching here, which really took up a lot of time. And then our training is also, I would argue higher priority than the podcast. So yeah. getting, I would say like getting in the groove of that was a big thing. And then figuring out our workflow as well across the – well, now across the state, <laughs> which will soon be across the country. And uh, getting that comfortable, I'd say, was, was a big part of it. But, okay, so training stuff. Let's get into that now. What is your training info? What, where are you at? Give me some updates. Okay. Last year. Give me since last, okay, since last year uh, – I, I think the year started, basically went through the whole dunk season, and then around September of 2021, which is when I moved back to, or when I moved to 29 Palms and dunk season cooled down, uh, basically just started focusing on getting like strong, as strong as possible. Uh, basically just focused on back squatting and deadlifting. My back had been messed up for a long, long time uh, around COVID and literally just focused on building up my deadlift from literally 45 pounds squatting with just 45 pounds and just incrementally, incrementally build that, built that up. Um, and I've just been doing max strength cycle on top of max strength cycle on top of max strength cycle. And we're just seeing how far we can milk this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, recently PR'd my back squat at 405, uh, today deadlifted 475 front squat at 365 hopefully we'll pr my power clean and back squat again on thursday uh long-term ish goals like i would say like goals for the year in in terms of strength work uh i want a 440 squat because that's 200 kilos and that just sounds cool 315 uh power clean would be dope 500 pound deadlift uh front squat i think 405 would be would be sick and just PR, dunk cam's coming up. I just want to PR my vertical by a quarter of an inch. Uh, we This could be another podcast topic, but when you get to the level of vertical I'm at and when you've made as much progress as I have, it gets, gets really tough to keep squeezing out uh, inches on your vertical. So just trying to hopefully PR that. 
and yeah, feel pretty healthy. Uh, nothing in my body hurts. Luckily, knock on wood. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much as far as training for me. And then of course, just always trying to hit new dunks. Yeah, there's so much even there we could do. Like we could do a whole podcast just on your back. That was one of the most interesting ramp ups, I think. And yeah. I think a lot of people, there's just a lot of misinformation out there, out there about training in general. And I think in the last month, we've had what, like three or four of our like top athletes come to us with back issues, maybe more like Ovi, yeah. Dan, Travis, who else? Basically the North Carolina squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what weird stuff they're doing out there in their free time that they all just blew each other's backs out. <laughs> That's staying in. Uh, uh, pause. Anyways, so. I, technically, I didn't say anything crazy there. I, I just say they're blowing each other's backs out. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, goodness gracious. Three of the podcast, I missed you. um yeah so i mean that that is a topic back health thing um (laughs) what not to do maybe and then we could talk about your your strength numbers we could literally talk about your squat just like as a whole you know and how that has progressed the depth how that played a role because that was a, a big thing your tfl you know kind of these like weird tendon issues that you had and things that like aren't typical injuries that you probably see jumpers yeah. get but when you're at the level that you're at they kind of come out of nowhere so that's where you are where i am in the last year i have worked really i mean my goal was to my mental health is the thing that was limiting me in 2021 so in the last year that has drastically improved um so that was i mean that played a role in why we weren't podcast podcasting as much but now it's definitely, I mean, I'm in a great spot. I, I'm, I'm comfortable sharing this stuff. You know, I, I made it through some hard stuff in terms of, you know, I got on anxiety meds. If you, if you have to do that for yourself, go for it. And then I weaned off of them. I was never planning on staying on them, but it just jumpstarted my brain, which was really good for me and kind of just reset my neurohormones and, and everything, you know, got my, my epinephrine levels back to normal. And it wasn't like I was, it was almost like the medicine made me feel like myself again but then you don't want to stay on them for too long. So I got off of them and I'm doing really well. Um, I weaned off of them, I think in April. And all right, so we cut out, we have brief intermission. Isaiah's power just went out, which is funny. This this is like, it wouldn't be a podcast unless something like that happened. So, <laughs> so basically what I was saying is I got on and off the anxiety meds. One of the symptoms was weight gain. So one of the big things I had to do was lose weight. And I got up to 190 at one point which I think was in December. And my brother looked at me and he was like, dude, you're fat. And I was like, thanks, dude. Really appreciate that. But I needed to hear it. So I ended up, that was one of the motivators. I was already kind of like getting back into training after dunk camp. My knee was pretty sore just because my kneecap had actually slid out of place at camp and then kind of slid back in, which was weird. It had never happened before, but I was also jumping all out for well over an hour off one foot. And I had a session on two feet like two days prior. So the density and the amount of volume, it kind of makes sense why I hurt my knee. But obviously, we're good at what we do. Shout out to teachbestrength.com. If you're looking for training, go to teachbestrength.com and sign up today. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got it back, and it was took a little while, but obviously, focus was losing weight. So I lost a bunch of weight and got down to now I'm about 180. 
So a little bit heavier, I think, but more muscle than what I was last year. And I've just been training my, my ass off. I don't know how else to say it. I've just been working as hard as I can, trying to stay healthy, done a couple hamstring muscle injuries, like adductor glute stuff. But I did get my squat, half squat, which was weird. I like did it on a box and had my heels elevated so that I could get some semblance of depth. So I got, I got that up to 295 for four. And that was pretty good. And I was like, okay, I'm content here. Let's kind of do some different stuff. And then I switched to load management and was just doing a lot of jumping to try to East Bay. And I'm not going to tell you what happens because I'm posting the videos on my YouTube and I'm not sharing anything on my Instagram about it. So that's why I'm not really posting. I want to keep it novel. Uh, I think that it kind of ruins the fun when you share everything. So this week I won't share anything there, but if you guys are interested, watch that. I just posted week two. Well, kind of week two of training and week three is done. CJ is getting ready to edit that and upload it by the end of the week. And we're currently filming the fourth week and we are three weeks out from dunk camp. So my goal is to East Bay and I am getting close. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I have been thoroughly enjoying the YouTube videos. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's actually good to hear. CJ, I, I told him that this last one or this next one. So the last one was like kind of eh, just because there wasn't that much going on. But this upcoming one is like, I mean, it's pretty, there was a lot of progress in the last one, but this one is like really crazy. And Isaiah is actually in it and coaches me through one of the sessions. So I'll leave it. Yeah, you're, you, you make a feature. Uh, I think CJ includes it, but if not, no, you're definitely in it. He definitely filmed you talking on the phone to me. But yeah, I recently, I will say this, I did pull my hamstring. I can share that. And I've been rehabbing that back. And I was able to do full accelerations today. I'm actually doing supra heavy, well, supra maximal in the concentric sense, eccentrics. Uh, so I'm loading the eccentric portion to lengthen the fascicle so that I don't pull my muscle as much. And I'm just going to keep going with that and make sure I stay healthy leading up to dunk camp. That's, a, that's the biggest thing. So that's where I'm at. And today, after a... 14 minute, 13 minute ramp up. <laughs> we'll talk about the topic that we're going to talk about. So we didn't know how long this was going to last. We'll just kind of go with it. But one thing that I think has gotten, it always gets a lot of popularity. And it's, it's this like, I don't, I don't even know. It's so frequently talked about almost in an unnecessary, unnecessary amount is squat depth and it's relevance when you should, when you shouldn't. And just kind of, uh, and my current opinion is that it's overhyped. I think like we talk about way too much. I think talking about depth is overhyped. I also think that people are sensationalizing deep squats right now. And then we had a brief period where it was quarter squats were sensationalized and the deep squat people were like, Oh no, deep squatting is better. And it was just like a bunch of confusion. So I figured we'd clear the air about it. Um, Isaiah, let's hear, what are your, what are your general thoughts? Let's say periodization. Periodization, general thoughts. What do you think about squat depth? Two foot jumper versus one foot jumper. Uh, squat depth. I personally feel like it just depends on the person. I think if you can squat deep, go for it. Uh, but I don't think you should ever force any positions uh, when squatting deep. And I would actually like to give a, a really good example, um, kind of related to squat depth. Uh, but it was when I was trying to widen my stance. So if you guys have been, if you guys watch my lifting videos, you know, I have a, a really, really deep squat. Um, and that's how I've been squatting since I was a, a little boy. I, I have the, the mobility for it. 
Um, but recently I was trying to widen my stance and I was feeling pinching in my hip and I was like, oh, like maybe I need to like, like get more flexible, blah, blah. And I was just forcing the wider stance, deep squat over and over and over again. And then I had always heard John talking about the hip issues, right? You, you, you hear, you hear John, that's one of the, the like recurring kind of injuries he's been dealing with. Um, and I never, I personally never had felt hip pain, uh, that much in training. Uh, but I started feeling it there. I kind of tried to keep squatting through it. I talked to John about it and he's like, Oh, that pinching sensation is exactly what you want to, to prevent. And you always hear people saying you can kind of like stretch through it. Like let's say a butterfly stretch or a glute stretch, like when you're on your back and you're like grabbing your, your leg and pulling it up. Um, and there's some people that will tell you to like kind of to stretch through that pain and eventually you get flexible enough you don't feel it um literally as soon as i just shifted my stance back to normal and stopped forcing that deep squat with wider depth hip pain went away uh, i also stopped stretching in that in that position and i haven't had problems ever since um some people will feel that hip pain that uh that I guess it's like a, a block, like you're just hip anatomy. It won't let you, it'll, it won't let you squat deep and people try to force it. And that is going to cause a lot of issues. Also, um, squatting deep when you have the mobility for it can cause a lot of back pain. Uh, I think usually it's when people don't have the ankle mobility and they try to compensate by like leaning over a, a ton. Uh, so you can get a lot of back pain through there. Um, so it has a time and place and a lot of people what i was gonna say one thing i wanted to ask you about was the mobility stuff because i know when we live in the los altos house which will forever live in infamy that time even though it said it's ups and downs but it will always live in infamy and it'll never happen again we're all of us live together for that long which is crazy but uh you know i know you were stretching like every day and you'd even tell tt would be like oh this stretch is ridiculous like blah 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 but what was your like are you still doing that are there certain stretches that you took out that you added what was your motivation for doing that like talk about why you were why you were doing that and i guess are you still doing that i don't even know i am not stretching at all i haven't stretched in a few months probably it's probably been like three or four months since since i was stretching originally i started stretching because i thought it was helping with my tfl um, which again, this can be a whole another topic, but I've basically been having tendinopathy, uh, like in my upper hip area around the trochanter where the quad connects. Um, and that was a whole like process of trying to figure out what was happening. And I saw somebody, uh, on YouTube, his name is Yvonne something, but you can, if you search up like squat every day, he literally has a channel. He squats every day and he does voiceover videos. Um, he's, he's really, really strong. Um, and I saw that he had the exact same pain and this is something that's really rare. Literally there's, there's him that's had it. And one of our current THP athletes has it. And those are the only two people that I've ever heard about. Uh, and I think one of our older athletes as well. Honor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been like three, three or four athletes that I've heard about having it versus, I don't know how many with like regular knee pain and, and that, that type of stuff. Um, so he said that he started stretching his glutes and that the pain like went away. So I was like, huh, let me start stretching. 
started stretching last year and the pain uh, got a lot better from that. Now what's been helping is load management, like literally just treating it like tendinopathy helps it a lot. Doing There's ISOs that there's instant relief after. So it reacts like a tendon, probably is a tendon, um, which I think it was just the combination of like, I, I was stretching, but it was probably more to do with the load management that I was doing at the, at the time. Um, and yeah, I just kept stretching for probably like, I want to say a year. Like I was like just being consistent with my, with my stretching uh recently stopped doing it because of the hip pain like the I was stretching basically through the pinching sensation in my hips and as soon as I stopped stretching and as soon as I stopped squatting with a white depth like I stopped having pain and now I don't really stretch I I do deep squat in my training like regularly so I think that kind of helps me maintain the level of flexibility I have uh so yeah, I don't I don't do any stretching anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so I I pretty much, you know, agree with what you said, especially that being one of the the big I guess considerations is like not everyone should squat deep and we've pretty much been a proponent of that and we haven't changed it on I mean, we've been we've been saying that for a long time. It's not like yeah. we're, we're going to change our whole point of view on this. It's like certain people for certain times Certain anatomies definitely squat deep. I mean, try to find a way to do it, especially early season. I really like seeing guys doing, you know, full range of motion squats, two foot jumping. I really like to see guys doing full full depth squats if they can. But at the end of the day, the thing you're trying to do is strengthen your triple sensors. You're trying to strengthen your quad. You're trying to strengthen your hip. Maybe you could argue some hamstring stuff at the hip as well. But I mean, really, it's let's let's get your triple extensor strong. And you don't necessarily need to deep squat to do that, right? I mean, people are always like, oh, well, there's more EMG activity here, more EMG activity here, which is like electro myo, whatever, like it's basically electromyography. Is that what it is? But it's I basically think so. graphing, uh, graphing the electrical impulse in the muscle. So like you, you don't, you look at it and it's like, oh, well, there's more here and more here. It's like, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting high loading in the quad, right? And I mean, also the other thing to consider is like, we, I've said this multiple times to Isaiah, and it's something that he reminds me that I said, but lifting has two functions. You can either use it to increase your performance, or you can use it to stay healthy. And sometimes you can do both at the same time. You can stay healthy. Or third thing, third thing, you can use it to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can use strength work to get hurt. And mm-hmm. I think that if it's not, you know, achieving one of those, or I guess not achieving one of those goals in, in Isaiah's scenario, is you're, you're not – it has no purpose, right? So I think if you're going to, let's say that you can only do a half squat, okay, well, you're going to have to put more weight on the bar. And if you look at, you know, what Burko Shansky used to say in terms of like why he didn't like quarter squats or half range motion squats is because, and keep in mind, when you look at the old Russian texts and you look at the images that they draw, like his daughter is, is the one that kind of like posts a lot of the stuff that he used to say and stuff like that was half squats. They're not usually doing full squats in the images. They're usually half squats. And if you look at a lot of research, when they say back squat, barbell back squat strength, they're usually testing in a half squat. So, you know, which is parallel, you know, that's a half squat. And so when you look at that, it's like, okay, well, first off, the research is going to be biased towards half squats because that's what most people have the mobility to do. I don't think like even with lifts, a lot of people don't really have great mobility to do full range of motion squats. It's not like a super common thing. 
And if I don't, again, I don't even think it's some, especially if you're tall, like if you're a jumping athlete, it's extremely uncommon because you usually don't see that level of mobility unless again, you super elevate the heels and then it's just kind of like definitely preferentially loads the knee, which is fine. You know what I mean? There's again, it's, it, the goal is to load the muscles. So I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole purpose of what you're trying to do is just get the muscle stronger. So if you look at EMG activity, like, you know, kind of what I was saying about, you know, the half squat, the issue that he was, that Burke had, Burke Oshansky had, was that it loaded their spine too much. So he couldn't, that's the reason why it's just simply put as it is that he didn't like quarter squats was it loaded the spine too much for those athletes. And so he's like, well, I can go farther range of motion and I can load those muscles more and then I can get more loading in the quad. Now that was it. And so for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to squat as deep as I can, but I'll put more weight on the bar if I have to, you know what I mean? To get the same type of loading. And it's like a quarter squat, you know, an eighth squat is not the same as a quarter squat is not the same as a somewhere between a quarter squat and a half squat. A third squat is not the same as a half squat. Like they're all different and it's just, it's different leverages, right? Like the further you go, the less leverage you have in your favor and the harder it's going to be. So how do you equate the torque? You just put more weight on the bar, right? And if you're back strong enough, like, you know, I, I'm kind of barely because of this, I think, right? Like I have to have a super strong core to be able to, to hold those heavy weights with a certain amount of torso lean to balance. And yeah, I, I think that that's ultimately what you're looking to do is check that box. And if it's a tendon thing, then sometimes quarter squats are better, right? Like, and every mm -hmm. issue has its own kind of recommended, uh, sets, reps, ranges of motion, how we adjust things accordingly. Like if I have someone with chondromalacia versus patella pain versus quad pain, it's going to be different. And every athlete is different too with it. Like that's why we have a survey for all of our athletes. So we know what type of knee pain they're having and why we kind of, why I throw stuff up on my TikTok now to say like, do this assessment. So you know what type of knee pain you have even. Um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of my, my lens on it. Um, you know, I think in terms of the periodization aspect, I guess I want to hear like, how would you, do you think that it's smart to periodize the ranges of motion throughout the year? So let's say that you're in a specific, like, let's say we split it up into four parts. So we did like gen prep, you know, going from general to specific. So for simplicity, general prep, then we had specific prep or special prep. Uh, then we had pre-comp, so pre-competitive phase and then a competitive phase, right? Each of those across the continuum getting more specific. Would you adjust if you have full range of motion? would you adjust the ranges of motion across that continuum for yourself? Not necessarily for someone else, but for yourself. I'm actually curious on what, on, on this for yourself. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I, I definitely would just because it is more specific. I think with my, if you look at the joint angles that I hit on a two foot jump, they're nowhere close to a, a, a deep squat. Like I think, I think the deepest range of motion I reach is probably like when I go off the dribble um and my leg is probably at 90 90 degrees when when I'm doing it uh like the angle at uh at my knee joint um and I definitely think there would be a lot of benefit to do that to get half squat in just because it's more specific now I think a big reason why I haven't done that in the past is because my back was messed up for so long and in a half squat now I can deep squat 405 in order for me to like load it heavy enough in a half squat, I don't even know how heavy I would have to be going. And like, let's say I was pushing like mid 400s or close to 500 in a half squat. If I would have tried that two years ago, like my back would have died, like it would have blown up. 
Um, so I think that's a big reason why we haven't played around with it too much. I think uh, after kind of this competition um, season coming up this summer, we can try some of the riskier cutting edge stuff that we like uh, playing around with. Um, and I, I would like to play around with like half, uh, half squats. Um, but I think definitely, I mean, even, I mean, not just for myself, I think for other athletes as well, I would, I would do the same thing. And um, especially if it was like a, a one foot jump breath and there's a lot of benefit in, in quarter squatting. Uh, and like you were saying earlier, like just, just because you, and I see people doing this all the time and like seeing these comments just because you see me squatting deep or training a certain way doesn't mean you're going to get that training when you sign up for THP. Like I remember back when I was doing reverse Nordics for, uh, for my quad tendon um, or PFP when I, when I had it in 2019, people thought that they were going to sign up for THP and they were going to get reverse Nordic ISOs and like all these reverse Nordics and stuff like that. Um, but that was what, I, how I was training uh, specific to the conditions I was facing at, at that time. Um, when you sign up for THP, you're not getting Isaiah's training. You're getting John and Isaiah's coaching specific to your needs. Uh, so you, people got to keep that in mind. And uh, yeah, also on the, on the other end of the spectrum, because we've been giving reasons for why you could quarter squat and half squat. If, you have the mobility to deep squat. I see this all the time when you, when it's finally time to max out, you see people doing like a, a third of a rep when they can, when they can go deeper. If you have the mobility to go deeper and you're supposed to be doing deep squat in your training, don't, don't cheat yourself as well and, and make, make you think that you're stronger than you are. It's kind uh, of, it's pretty funny because it's, it's kind of polarizing what you and I do because <laughs> I can't squat deep. So I always do partial range. But I'm trying. It's not like I'm not trying. I just physically can't. And yeah. then, then there's you that like can't squat half because you don't get the loading in your legs. So for, <laughs> if you're like an athlete watching this, you're like, oh, I got to do half squats if I'm a one foot jumper. I got to do deep squats if I'm a two foot jumper. It's like, well, actually, I mean, they're both pretty valuable. It's just a matter of like what time of year you're in. You know, what I mean, I my deep squat is my half squat on a good day, like when my hips are warm and my ankles are warm and I have the right setup and I could do this weird kind of frog squat thing to load my quads. Like I do. And it's, it, it's reminiscent of another guy, Dean, who we had on the podcast, who's a, a pitching coach for driveline. And they're like one of the top, you know, sports performance coaches for pitching in the entire, I would argue in the world. Like they work with tons of MLB, you know, big leaguers on like pitcher pitching and throwing velocity and throwing mechanics. And he has the same issue that I do in his hips. He had FAI. And so recently I saw him, this is a really good idea because it shifts the center. It's, so the, the, one of the big issues is you can't balance when you do, when you have hip issues. So if you can like use a counterbalance to kind of help you, you can potentially get into a full squat. It's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to set up. So what he did is he took the safety bar, the yoke bar, and he flipped it the other way. So instead of having the handles, you know what I mean? Like in front of him, they're behind him, like on his back. And then he put a 25 pound plate, like a rubberized plate on the ground. And then he, he would, so he elevated his heels. And I think what it does is it creates a counterbalance where he's able to get full range of motion squatting in. And he started, I think at like 225 and I think, or 245, because I think that bar is 65 pounds or 85 pounds. And then yeah. worked his way up to where he's doing now 345s and like a 25 or 35. So he's like into the 400s, I think now with that bar. And it's like, oh, 
like that's a really good idea. I see it. I'm like, man, as soon as I'm done with Dunk Camp and I can like get this set up, I'm definitely going to try this. So, you know, I say that to say like, I do think there is value in deep squatting. I just think that it's something where it's not as simple as, oh, well, my football coach, you know, it's like my, we used to think, oh, my football coach said I had to go to parallel. And now it's like, oh, my football coach says I have to touch my ass on my heels. Like we've, you know, it's hype is this kind of relative thing. It's like, oh, if something's overhyped, it means that the perspective doesn't meet reality. People's perspective of something is it's going to do way more than it actually does. And I mean, that's kind of like a marketing tactic that, you know, we've even taken marketing courses and that's what they do. It's like, it's like over promise under deliver, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of ironic. We try to do the opposite. <laughs> like not that we under promise, but like we try to just over deliver. It's like promise and over deliver on that promise. And I think that for myself and, and when I'm looking at just squat depth as a conversation as a whole, I really generally view squat depth as being like deep squatting right now, I think is overhyped. I think that, you know, you go through a, a comment section and like you get all these 18 year olds that don't know shit about training, you know, talking about, oh, your squat depth sucks. Like I see it on my TikTok all the time now. My TikTok blew up and our Instagram, THB Strength Instagram is getting like a ton of views. It's like you get these like, again, they're probably like 14 to 22 year olds that don't, you know, I mean, they, not that they don't know what they don't know, but like they don't, you know, they're not at the expertise level I would say that we're at. And if you're listening to this, you hopefully agree with that. <laughs> so no, I, I reached that, I reached that comment section when I was trying to power clean 295 uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I didn't even know the video went viral. Like I just posted it, didn't look at it for a few weeks. And then the other day I'm like, oh wow, like a lot of the videos. Like, I think you got yeah. millions of views on that video. Yeah. And then a, a few weeks ago, or this is like a week ago, I go back and I'm like, wow, a lot of the THP videos um, like blew up on the Instagram. And I see that video, it's got like 2 million views. And I was like, what the hell? And I start reading the comment section and you know, you reach like, I guess like the, the masses. Yeah, you reach the masses, like your generic, like fitness person. Like when you start getting all these like comments of people not knowing anything. And and they were just like, oh, your technique is so bad, blah, blah, and like, And then they're, like, arguing in the comment section. I was like, wow, it was pretty entertaining. But, <laughs> yeah. I feel, like, I feel like you're more numb to it than I am. Like, I can't even read the comment section anymore because it's just, like, so preposterous. Like, I try to look at, like, the top comment on TikTok and respond to it because it helps the algorithm when you reply. Like, your yeah. video of you dunking and me saying, like, the first thing is isometrics, but I don't show the exercise. It got, like, 1.2 million to stop. Right. And then I responded to it and then it got up to like 1.6 million, 1.7 million. You know, I got like another 500,000 views, which is a ton. Like if I would have posted a new video and I got 500,000 views, I would have been pumped. But because it already has a million, you're like, ah, oh, another 500,000. It is what it is. I've already hit the million mark. Um, so I think, uh, I, I guess the algorithm pushes it back out to people after you reply. But yeah, I agree. It's like you, the general consensus is that, you know, and it's good because when you reach the masses like that, you get the, you get a general consensus, like, and maybe it's biased, like the people that think they know what they're talking about are the ones that are going to comment, or it's just like the general knowledge of the population is like, oh, we think we know what we're talking about. So we're going to, they're always going to give their opinion. And it's not, and there's always, there's also the high mentality aspect of it where one person sees like, oh, like let's say, let's say someone comments uh, that that squat depth is like horrible. Another person going to be like, oh like, yeah, I'm going to comment that too. Like, I had, oh, yeah. yeah, like I had a, a jump technique video that literally got 30 million views on YouTube shorts, my most viral video of all time. 
And when I tell you it literally 90% of the comments is that he's going to tear his ACL, just a two foot jump, a regular two foot jump technique in slow motion that everybody, every person that jumps off two feet jumps like that. And literally 90% of the comments, like this is unsafe. Like he's going to tear his ACL and blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's, it's people literally not knowing. Cause I think most, most ACL tears are like on landings or something, or like on a change of direction. Like, <laughs> If you look at ACL research, it's like related to your reaction time. So it's it's almost like one of the, the most predictive metrics of if you're gonna tear your ACL or not, or if you will if you will be in a position that will result in you tearing your ACL. So I would say like a high risk position or high risk activity, like we're like, oh, you see, you know, the tibia rotate outward and the femur rotate inward and the knee goes valgus, and then you see like a wide stance and all this different stuff. It's like yeah. number one things is you're reacting to a stimulus. You don't see in a perfect system, you don't see people land like that, or you don't see people do that oftentimes, or even if they are, there's so much co-contraction and support. Like people don't tear their ACLs like that. They tear it in soccer, in basketball, in things where or skiing, where it's these unpredictable movements where you're trying to adjust and react just to get from point A to point B, you're just picking the best movement strategy. And the best movement strategy isn't necessarily the most safe, right? Like the best way to run someone over in football is probably not the safest for your brain or your body. <laughs> like, freaking torpedo into them. <laughs> like, you know, jumping is inherently hard on your joints. Like it, it's just the way it's the nature of it. So I think people, like when you get into this group think and whatever else, it's kind of interesting sociology stuff, but uh, it doesn't necessarily accurately represent the, the truth. It's just like this. My favorite statistic is fake news travels like four times faster than well, news. And I think that it's it's just true in what we do when we're we're dealing with social media specifically. And also it's, negativity. Negativity is a, another thing that like is like there's like the the fake news but then combine that with like negativity like if someone's like hating like and saying something that's not real at the same time now you're like compounding factors like if you look at all the pickup basketball game videos that have gone viral i was on t jazz's youtube channel to see like what like titles and thumbnails i can use like for my pickup games and when i put his most viral videos on top it's literally all they all have trash talker or like fight or like Something like that in the title, because it's it's the negativity thing, like that. That's just what attracts more views and more people. See him shut that hater up, like oh, or or maybe they want to see him fail. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it's both. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, think, I click on the videos. I watch them. Like I like I like a good uh, trash talker video. And Nick Briz's channel yesterday to show like, I think CJ and I were having a conversation. We had friends over and we were trying to show them who Nick Briz was because we were talking about him. And it was just funny, like all the videos, the same thing. It's like trash talker almost. And then it's like the title, the, the thumbnails, like punched him in the face. Yeah. Got, got clocked or like whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, trash talker 5v5 street ball court. Tried to beat me up. <laughs> and it's the same. If you go to any YouTuber, any basketball YouTuber, even the, the humble, like, like nice ones, like everybody, every pickup basketball, you can go to the Ballers Live channel. And just order the videos from most popular to least popular. It's it's all gonna have some kind of conflict, an argument, a trash talker in the title. And this is all coming back to deep squatting because it just has to do with the propagation of fake, false information. Um, so we're trying to give you unbiased stuff. Go fact check us. Like look it up. Do a 
look on Google Scholar. Do a Google Scholar search. Look up EMG, you know, activity. Type in EMG activity barbell back squat and just click through the articles. And you can click like, you know, this. Are, there's a cited in, which means that any of the articles that that article was cited in will come up. So they're all related. Or you can click related articles too, and those will come up too. So go fact check us. Like, look this stuff up. Don't just take our word for it. Look up periodization research. There's great stuff out there. And we try to be by the book. We don't change like the seasons. I, I like to think that we're pretty steady in what we believe. And it's kind of what makes us good at what we do. It also and, probably stops and, making a lot more money and lying to people. Yeah. <laughs> Something to keep in mind is a lot, a lot of the answers. And if you listen to our podcast, you're going to see this a lot. A lot of the answers come down to it depends. It depends on the person. Um, and obviously we're going in depth on how it can be different for each type of person, but most likely if you're seeing some vertical jump advice or listening to a trainer, if somebody or, or some random commenter on, in, in the comment section on Instagram and TikTok, if what they're saying t- looks like it's black and white, most likely it is wrong. If they are like being dogmatic in their like extremely dogmatic in their approach to it, uh, a lot of times that's probably because it's not true or it contains a part of the truth and not the whole truth. I agree. So I think that's a good place to stop. I'm going to have to put these two videos together and we got to like 40 minutes tomorrow. We're going to get Austin on here. Isaiah, I'll update you on the times, but he told me 11 PM ES or 11 PST. I don't know if you can do that or not, but that's what time I'm going to talk to him. So we're going to talk to him about his training, what he's been doing over the last year. Cause Austin's been killing it making crazy gains and talk about his monk mode and how he's just so focused, which is sick. It's so much fun to see for Isaiah and myself. We're both super supportive of it. So, yeah, we'll we'll get you guys um, up to speed with that tomorrow. But that is all I have for season three. Where can people get training, John? <laughs> oh, if you'd like to train like Isaiah or myself, you can go to thpstrength.com and sign up for training there. We have tons of different options for you if you want to just sign up for a month. Test it out, see how it is, sign up for three months, sign up for six months. You do what you can afford uh, in that at that time. If you're interested in full service calls where you can get on a call with Austin and he basically just assesses like, hey, is this a good option for you? And really what that is, is just more service uh, from Isaiah and myself. So if you guys are interested in that, go to the website, sign up for a call, check it out. I still believe to this day, even now a year after we finished the podcast and we said this, we still have the best jump training on the planet. I have no problem defending that, defending myself on that that front. And we're even going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're all going to achieve our goals at dunk camp. And then we're going to be like, sorry, it's still true. <laughs> like, even though I'm approaching 30, I'm still going to ease day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah that's, all, that's all I have for you guys, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Teach Me Strength podcast. Peace out.